They passed clusters of small mud huts, and Naratam asked his companions, Have I reached Vrindavan? The sadhus nodded, enchanted, Radhe, Radhe! Intense love swelled again in Naratam's heart. He was actually in the topmost holy dawn. He knelt down and touched his forehead to the ground, then smeared the dust on his head. To think that not only did Lord Krishna walk on this ground, but so did Mahaprabhu. The faint chime of kartals in the distance reminded Naratam of his mission. He stood up and squinted into the distance. Kartals means kirtan, kirtan means devotees. Maybe Lokanath Goswami, Gopal Bhatta Goswami, or Jiva Goswami were there. He could just make out the outline of a temple, a group of barefoot village women balancing clay pots filled with water on their heads came down the path, talking and laughing. Naratam interrupted their chatter. Excuse me, dear ladies, what temple is that, please? Peering at him curiously through their veils, one of the women answered, Govindevji Mandir. Naratam thanked her and then broke into a run towards the temple. Breathless, he entered the courtyard and then fainted in ecstasy. It seemed that the news of his arrival had spread quickly, for when Naratam opened his eyes, he found himself surrounded by a large group of serious devotees. He was surprised to hear one of them announce to the rest, This is indeed Naratam! This effulgent devotee leaned over him. His face radiated strength, warmth, and love. Naratam, he said softly. Welcome to Vrindavan. I am Jiva Goswami. <laughs> Naratam's eyes widened. Jiva? And again he fainted. Sri Jiva sprinkled a few drops of water on Naratam to revive him. And Naratam came to for a second time and saw Jiva's smiling face. Naratam slowly sat up and the devotees gathered around closer, lovingly welcoming him. The head priest of the temple brought garlands worn by the deity and placed them gently around Naratam's neck. Naratam was floating on a cloud of ecstasy. His long-cherished dream had finally come true. How do you know who I am? Naratam asked Sri Jiva Goswami. Sri Jiva smiled enigmatically and then said, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told us of your birth and mission years ago. All the Vrindavan devotees have been waiting eagerly to meet the special devotee destined to carry out the Lord's orders. We are elated to finally see you face to face. Come, Naratam, Jiva said, and take darshan of Sri Govinda Dev. Naratam's entire body trembled with ecstasy as he followed Jiva into the temple room. Falling flat before Sri Govinda Dev, he cried out heartfelt prayers of gratitude. On rising, the pujari, Sri Krishna Pandit, brought the Lord's garland and placed it around Naratam's neck. Again, Naratam fell to the ground in thankful obedience. After darshan, Sri Jiva introduced Naratam to the other devotees and brought him some prasad. Then Naratam bathed and rested. After, Sri Jiva asked, there is someone I want. Ask, there is someone I want you to meet. Are you strong enough to walk a little distance with me? Should I keep reading or do it? Yeah, I'll do it. 
yes, Narutam affirmed, jumping up enthusiastically. He followed Jiva Goswami through the forested walkways of Vrindavan to a quiet, secluded hermitage. Peering through the bushes, Narutam saw a very old, emaciated sadhu sitting on the bare ground, quietly uttering the names of the Lord. The sadhu was oblivious to all else. He was clearly a great saint. That is Lokanath Goswami, Jiva whispered. Narutam was enthralled. This was the culmination of everything he had been looking for. His heart pounded as the full realization dawned on him. I have found my shelter, my spiritual master. This person can actually guide me to receive the mercy of Krishna and Lord Chaitanya. He has been in Vrindavan for many, many years, long before anyone else came, Sri Jiva said softly. Nowadays, Vrindavan is filled with temples and devotees. But when Lokanath and Bhugarbha came here, Vrindavan was a dense forest full of wild animals. Only a few tribal people lived here. Vrindavan has been ravaged again and again by foreign invaders. Were there no temples then? Narutam asked. Srijiva shook his head. All the temples were demolished and the deities stolen or hidden in groves and ponds. There was no sign of the holy places connected with Sri Krishna's pastimes. The beauty and grandeur of Vrindavan was covered, and this highest place of pilgrimage was reduced to a mere hunting ground for Mohammedan rulers. What did Lokanath and Bhagarbha do in such a dangerous place? Narutam asked. Not knowing what else to do, when they first arrived in Vrindavan, they wandered throughout Raj, paying obeisances again and again sometimes crying and sometimes shouting, Krishna, Rathe, Lalite, Vishake, where are you? Please help us to find the sites of your transcendental pastimes. They carried out their search undaunted, sometimes even risking their lives. If they came across the ruins of an ancient temple or the sign of a divine pond, their hearts would leap with joy. If they didn't find anything, they begged Vrindadevi, how long will you keep the pastime sites hidden from our view? When will you manifest Nandagram and Varshana? When will we see Sringarvat, Vamsivat, Keshigat, and Kaliadhar? <coughs> Narutam listened intently as Sri Jiva continued. The forest dwellers who were busy making arrangements to secure their own safety found it miraculous that these two young brahmacharis made absolutely no endeavor to find a place to stay or something to eat or to protect themselves at night. Though the Vrajavasis were completely bereft of devotion for Krishna, as they watched Lokanath and Bhugarbha praying day and night, crying and calling out to the Lord, their devotional inclinations began to surface, and they began to come forward to help. Gradually, many of the Lord's pastime sites were found. The story was incredible, and to think that he was here he was now, watching this elevated soul chanting in the groves of Vrindavan. Narutam's heart was drawn to him like a magnet. He turned to Sri Jiva and asked, Where does Sri Lokanath live? Sri Jiva whispered, He spends most of his time here in this beautiful kunj with his dear friend, Burgaba Goswami, chanting and doing bhajan. He is the embodiment of humility and kindness, and is such a vairagi that he doesn't even go out to bake. If food comes to him, he eats. Otherwise, he fasts. Ever since Lokanath missed Mahaprabhu's visit to Vrindavan, 
He has been deeply absorbed in an intense mood of separation from the Lord. Sri Chaitanya had promised to meet him here in Vrindavan. Yes, that was his promise. Sri Jiva said solemnly. But after many, many months alone in Vrindavan, Lokanath and Bhagavadha heard that Mahaprabhu had taken sannyas and gone on pilgrimage to South India. Their hearts yearned to see him, so they left Vrindavan to search for him. After weeks of travel, they then heard that Sri Chaitanya was actually in Vrindavan. They realized their mistake in leaving Vrindavan. In the madness of love, they had forgotten Mahaprabhu's order to dedicate themselves exclusively to the revival of Vrindavan. Narutam gasped. He could imagine how heartbroken the two devotees must have been. Shrijiva continued. In great anxiety, they rushed back to Vraj, only to find that Mahaprabhu had just left. Tears welled in Narutam's eyes. They must have been utterly devastated, he said. Yes, Shrijiva said, but Lokanath was persistent. Desperate to see the Lord, he decided to catch up with him. But in a dream, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him to stay in Vrindavan and take solace in the memory of their inner relationship. He told Lokanath he should meditate on him as he had known him in Navadweep before becoming a sinner. Narutam asked Sri Jiva, Sri Lokanath has entered my heart and made me his servant. I am completely sold out to him. Do you think he will accept me as his disciple? Sri Jiva shook his head sadly, I'm afraid not. He has taken a vow not to accept disciples. In fact, he rarely even talks with anyone. Narutam's heart sank. But, he stuttered, I have already accepted him as my spiritual master. He looked pleadingly at Sri Jiva. Please, can I meet him? Yes, of course, Sri Jiva said. He stepped into the clearing and bowed at Lokanath's feet. Softly he announced, The son, son of king, the son of the king of Keturi, Narutam, has just arrived from Bengal. Sri Lokanath looked up from his meditation and glanced at Narutam, who was still standing in the bushes. Narutam hesitatingly, hesitantly stepped forward and fell at Lokanath's feet. Sri Jiva said, this young boy's acute renunciation and devotion are inconceivable. He reminds me of Mahaprabhu with his golden complexion and trembling body. Lokanath Swami smiled brightly at Narutam, tears welling in his eyes. I knew you would come. It was revealed to me in a dream last night. Narutam's hair stood on end. To be in the presence of Sri Lokanath Swami was overwhelming. Narutam knelt before the saint, trembling and speechless. Sri Jiva invited Lokanath to take prasad with them at the Govindaji temple. And to Narutam's delight, Sri Lokanath agreed. Walking behind the two stalwart devotees, Narutam marveled. Can this truly be happening? Will I wake up in a moment and find myself back in my father's palace in Keturi? 
For so many years I listened to stories about these great saints, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sasoshi. I spent hours imagining how they looked, how they walked, and what they talked about. I used to cry, wondering when I would get the chance to see these devotees. Now I'm here, walking behind the exalted acharyas, Sri Jiva Goswami, nephew of Sri Rupa and Sanatana, and powerful leader of Sri Chaitanya's movement. He must surely be one of the greatest philosophers of all time. He actually went on a parikrama of Navadvip with Lord Nityananda himself. He personally talked to and walked next to Nityananda Prabhu. Narakam bent down to scoop up some of the dust from the footprints of these two great souls. He shivered in ecstasy as he sprinkled it on his head, thinking, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually embraced his own arms, his own arms. These devotees are players in the great epic of Sri Chaitanya's transcendental leela, and here I am, the most fallen, insignificant soul, stumbling along behind them. When they arrived back at Kubindaji Mandir, three seats were arranged for them to take prasad together. Narakam didn't feel qualified to eat with these two great personalities, so he hesitated to sit down. But Sri Jiva motioned to him, insisting that Narakam join him. During the meal, Sri Jiva asked Narakam to tell Sri Lokanath Goswami how he came to Sindhavan. Shyly, Narakam related how he had received the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from Padmavati Devi. Concluding his story, he said, Actually, I have no right to sit with you in this prasad. I do not even have a guru. To Narakam's surprise, Lokanath Goswami laughed heartily at this. <laughs> Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the guru of the universe, has given you divine love, the same love most devotees pray to attain their entire lives. What more do you want? What is the value of having another guru? <laughs> Prabhu, Narakam said humbly, if you permit me, I would like to explain why I want to be initiated and why it is you that I want to be initiated. Lokanath nodded, encouraging him to speak. It is true that Mahaprabhu is the only real guru, but it is his order that I take initiation from you. The Lord personally told me this in a dream. Seeing that Lokanath was unmoved by this, Narakam continued, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the spiritual master of the whole, whole world. Still, the Lord himself set the example of accepting a spiritual master. And all the Lord's associates and followers also accepted spiritual masters. The spiritual master's orders are the life and soul of the disciple. Simply by following the spiritual master's order, a disciple attains all perfection. A guru guides his disciple in practical spiritual life. I have no guru, so who will guide me on the path of devotion? Unless one serves a pure devotee, he cannot attain liberation by directly serving Krishna. He must serve the servant of Krishna, who has ever been elevated without who has ever been elevated without rendering service to a pure Vaishnava. Yes, Lokanath replied. Certainly a guru is required, but one must find a qualified guru. I cannot even become a devotee myself, so how can I help you? Please, Prabhu, Narakam begged. People call me a prince, but actually I'm a beggar. I have renounced the world, and I have come here in the hope of finding Krishna. But I am like a ship without a rudder. I am not able to find 
the path along which I should travel. It is not possible to find Krishna without the mercy of the Guru. Lokanath waved his hand dismissively and said, The scriptures recommend that an aspiring disciple chant the holy names of Krishna for at least one year before he is eligible for initiation. Naratam nodded, saying no more. He accepted this within his heart as the first order of his spiritual master. So that's now a new um, chapter, Initiation. <coughs> Naratam sat on the sandy floor of the cave, meditatively gazing at the Yamuna River, which was sparingly was sparkling only a few feet away. He was startled when Sri Jiva Goswami appeared at the cave's mouth. Sri Jiva ducked his head as he stepped inside and sat down. How are you, Naratam? You seem to be recovering nicely. You were nearly dead with exhaustion when we found you in Govindadevji's courtyard. It was true. A few days of rest in Sri Jiva's secluded cave, along with the Goswami's wonderful association, nice prasad, Yamuna water, and charnamrita, had worked wonders on Naratam's tired body. By your mercy, I feel much stronger, Naratam said. The blisters on my feet are almost gone. But you look sad, Sri Jiva said. What is it, Naratam? What's bothering you? Naratam looked into the Goswami's kind eyes. My body is healed, but my heart is aching, he said. I cannot stop thinking of Sri Lokanath Goswami. Somehow I must get his shelter. Can you help me? Sri Jiva thought for a few minutes. It will not be easy to persuade Goswami to break his vow. He is so humble and he feels unqualified to be a guru. How could such an exalted saint feel unqualified? Naratam whispered. Bhakti and humility go together, Naratam. One cannot exist without the other. Genuine bhakti makes one so humble that even if he is the greatest of devotees, he regards himself as the smallest of the small and the lowliest of the lowly, even if he is completely pure and worshipable. He feels himself as impure and untouchable. Naratam nodded in appreciation. Lokanath Goswami doesn't want to accept disciples, Sri Jiva continued, because he knows that taking disciples means he will be glorified. Glorification means fame, and he is totally averse to fame. When Krishna Das Kaviraj asked Lokanath for his blessings to write about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, Goswami gave his approval but forbade Krishnadas to mention his name in the book. So this is Lokanath's mood. What can I say, Naratam? He is Niskinshana. His only interest is in bhajan. Seeing the disappointment on Naratam's face, Sri Jiva added, I can only suggest that you pray to the Lord and chant sincerely for that one year Lokanath indicated the other day. In the meantime, I have many students. And if you like, you can sit in with us and study the Bhakti Shastras. Yes, I'd like that, Naratam said. I must be patient, and I'll do as you say. But first, I want to take you to a few places in Vraj, Sri Jiva said. I know you're eager to meet the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who are still living, and they are just as eager to meet you. For years I've waited for this opportunity, Naratam replied eagerly. My student Srinivas can come along with us, Sri Jiva said. 
We should leave immediately. There are so many extraordinary devotees to meet. Sri Gopala Bhatta Goswami, Sri Raghunath Das Goswami, Bhukharva Goswami, and Sri Krishna Das Kaviraj. I will also take you to the Samadhis of Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami. When we have finished our Parikram, we will return to my ashram, and you can begin your studies. Naratam Srinivas Dukhi Krishna Dukhi Krishna Das sat next to each other at the front of Sri Jiva's class. Their legs folded and back straight, listening attentively to the Goswami's every word. The three effulgent young Vaishnavas had become close, and already their fame had spread throughout Raja as Jiva Goswami's foremost students. In so many ways, Narutam's life at Sri Jiva's ashram was perfect. And so, Sri Jiva explained, on the far shore of the Viraj River is the eternal, deathless, imperishable, unlimited, nectarian spiritual sky. It constitutes three-fourths of the entire creation. That imperishable spiritual realm is the abode of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is made of the transcendental mode of pure goodness and is more splendid than millions of blazing suns. Sri Jiva's words, filled with authority, conviction and love, carry the spirit of, spirit of bhakti into the heart of his students, illuminating and purifying them with razor-sharp intelligence. He explained the intricacies of the spiritual and material realms. He revealed the shallowness of materialistic life and exposed the hypocrisy of the impersonalists. As Acharya, head of all the Vaishnavas in Vrindavan, he spoke with tremendous potency, empowering his students to comprehend the highest spiritual truths. It's getting late, Sri Jiva said, so we'll stop here. As the students got up to leave, Srinivas turned to his dear friend. Come, Narita, let's go to Arati. I'll be with you in a minute, Narita replied. I want to speak to Goswami. Kneeling down to Sri Jiva, Narita watched him carefully wrap the palm leaf manuscript in a cloth. When he finished, Sri Jiva asked, What is it, Narita? Prabhu, more than one year has passed since I first met Sri Lokanaswami. Still, he shows no signs of accepting me as his disciple. What should I do? Many devotees, including me, have spoken to Goswami on your behalf, Sri Jiva said. Yet, for now, he seems determined to keep his vow. A stab of pain pierced through Narutam's heart. Tears began to well in his eyes. Seeing the youth's distress, Sri Jiva spoke gently. I feel certain that you'll get his mercy, Narutam. You are both sincere and determined. Why don't you render him personal service? He doesn't want anyone to serve him, Narutam sobbed. What can I do? Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> Should we um, stop there? Or I'll finish Just, this yeah. last year. That's true, Sri Jiva said. Still, somehow, you must serve him. Padvidi Pranipatino. You should both serve him and humbly inquire from him. Then, if he is pleased, he will accept you. Narutam blinked back his tears and thanked his teacher. He hurried to the temple to join Srinivas at Arati. Thanks for this. Thank you. You got it started. That was... Love is like renew life, you know. It's just so perfect. Me and best friends like, come, let's go to Arthur. <laughs> 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 <sighs>
just imagine that mm. being in class with Jeevita's army. I 